Hello, and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 153. We have the final of three shows that I've done on detoxification today with Dr. Elson Haas. And the reason, just in case you're tuning in this week, I've focused on detoxification for a little bit is because there's a common thinking in traditional medical practice that the liver is there to do the job of detoxification. You don't need to do anything in addition to that. That's what it's for. But of course, the liver didn't sign up for all of the things we've introduced into the food system, uh, personal care, cleaning system, textiles, uh, materials that we allow into our home through interior design and building. And we're struggling. You know, a lot of us, especially with uh, particular genetic makeups, are struggling. And I really wanted to help the people who do find that they become hypersensitive once they reach their 30s and 40s. I know I've been that person and am that person where I'm just not built to be able to handle everything that comes my way genetically. And that's okay if you know that and then you know what to do about that. So I hope you've enjoyed the first two weeks with the wonderful naturopath Naomi Judge, last week Dr. Kelly Holderman, and today with Dr. Elson Haas. Now, Dr. Elson Haas is a California-based physician. He's been practicing for generate for not for generations I'm thinking of our show supporter Dr. Bronner he has been he has been practicing however for decades and he was instrumental in the development of the field integrative medicine so he really was one of the first general practitioners who started to bring in holistic modalities to treat his patients more effectively and to build a preventative strategy to stop so many people getting so sick in the first place. So it's a, you know, he brings a wealth of knowledge to today's show. And while we talked a lot about the function of um, the liver, the gallbladder, the role of bile, et cetera, in the last couple of weeks, and how to detoxify all of our detoxification channels more optimally, today I wanted to throw in the mix Uh, the look at juice cleansing. A lot of people really, really benefit from a juice cleanse. uh, And it's something I personally wanted to learn a little bit more about from a doctor who's been taking people through them for decades now over in California. And, uh, and I thought that that would be a nice little, uh, sort of final week on detoxification for those of you who are interested in how to go about that healthily, safely, who it's for, who it's not for. Uh, but on top of that, of course, we did, we discussed detoxification in the grand scheme of things with Dr. Hass and also uh, some really wonderful strategies he's been helping patients with uh, from his practice over the decades. He's an author. Some of his books are just so helpful and lovely. Staying Healthy with the Seasons is one of my favorites. It really is just good old-fashioned common sense, but sometimes we need to keep it simple 
uh, and pair it back to the simplest of things to move forward, to remind ourselves what's important. Um, There's also the false fat diet, the staying healthy shopper's guide, detox diet, and a cookbook for all seasons, uh, really starting to embrace that uh, connection to nature again from our kitchens, which is one of the key things we can all do for our health and for our budgets when we're trying to shop for more organic items. Staying in the seasons is one of the best things you can do. So I hope you enjoy today's show on detoxification, looking at juice cleansing, and of course, picking Dr. Elsenhaas's brain for everything else that he's learned over the decades, uh, helping his patients with. And uh, and I want to remind you, of course, before we hook into that chat, that we have the wonderful Dr. Bronner supporting our show this month. You have 15% off the range with your code LOWTOXLIFE. Uh, Australia only, and it does exclude gift packs and bulk sizes. But other than that, you can go nuts. We love the bar soaps. They cut down on plastics, obviously. And um, also, but, you know, to to Dr. Bronner's Bronner's credit, when it does come to plastics, their uh, Castile soaps are packaged in 100% post-consumer recycled plastic packaging. And uh, I was reading a really interesting fact. So recycling one tonne of PET containers saves 7.4 cubic yards of landfill space. So it's an incredible thing that they do, and they do it all very locally. So they're recycling all of their post-consumer PETs from the state of California. So I dare say there's some old Dr. Brunner in the new Dr. Brunner as well. And I remember chatting to Lisa Brunner, uh, about you know why they've never considered glass for their Castile soaps, and really it does just come down to safety and practicality. Families, babies, kids, you know, using it in the shower, etc. And glass just isn't safe for that particular purpose. So the way their workaround, uh, something they've been doing for just over a decade now, is that commitment to 100% post-consumer recycled plastic. So if you didn't know that about them, I'm sure that'll make you happy. There's no new petroleum-based plastics being used for their packaging at all. Uh, so enjoy that 15% off. Again, your code is LOWTOXLIFE over on the Australian Dr. Bronner website. And enjoy today's show with Elson Haas. Hello, Elson. How are you? I'm great, Alex. Nice to be with you and your podcast. It's very exciting to have you here today. Uh, you know, we've come to understand and hear the term used a lot these days, integrated or integrative medicine. And uh, especially, you know, if we're one of those people who's tried everything conventionally and it kind of forces you to then think outside the box. But this term for you is especially meaningful given you're considered to be one of the godfathers of this movement. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what got you thinking outside the box of what you were taught in medical school and starting to bring in other modalities to better serve mm-hmm. your patients? Well, I realized I was in medical school back in Michigan, uh, from 1968 to 72. So I would say, quoting Bob Dylan, the times they were a changing. So I was open. I was already kind of rebellious, adventurous. Um, People started talking to me about vitamins and astrology and more metaphysical things. Um, And I just started to explore some of that. 
you know, I did, I was a good student, so I have a good brain for remembering things. So I, you know, I did well in medical school, but I really was more, much more into people. I wanted to know what, you know, got them, you know, what was underlying their problems. I, I started to see early on that people's drama, their trauma and drama in their life, I called it, uh, was reflective in how sick they were. You know, when they had illnesses, they often had kind of emotional struggles and hassles and abuse and things like that. And I still see that, you know, 50 years later almost, I still see that, you know, psycho-emotional, spiritual aspects are really tied up in the illnesses that we uh, ex experience. And, you know, I'm always looking at people to go deeper, you know. An integrative approach you know, which is a term I, I came up with integrated medicine back in the early eighties because I, I didn't like, uh, I, holistic didn't really mean anything other than, you know, treating the whole person, uh, alternative. I felt like what I was studying, you know, nutrition and detox and cleansing and herbs and Chinese medicine and mind body connection. I said, this is all valuable information. This should be part of healthcare. It shouldn't be an alternative. Yeah, it wasn't an alternative. So I, said, so I really want to practice a more uh, integration of the Western and Eastern. That's what I call new medicine now is the integration of N for natural, E for Eastern, and W for Western. And I still think that's really the wave of the future and how we should really be thinking about it because we want to recorrect the imbalances in the body and we can do that through nutrition and other things. So the idea of, uh, you know, I'm so partly a conventional medicine doctor. I write prescriptions. I see patients most days. I do basically family medicine. I see all kinds of problems, all kinds of ages. And I, you know, and it's still exciting for me because every day is different. I don't know who I'm going to see for what. And there's some things I can figure out and, and make a real difference for. And some things, you know, they're, they're complicated. And, you know, when we get into a lot of the issues that people have, um, you know, some are, you know, able to sort out. I mean, allergies, you know, elimination diets, we'll get into that now as we, as we discuss all this. Yeah, it absolutely. Really is, it really is part of, people need to look at, uh, look at their lives, you know. I mean, my, my therapy approach in medicine has been for decades now, lifestyle first, natural therapies next, drugs last. So I really say, what, what can we correct? What can you do, you know, for, in your life to make a difference, you know? And that's where we can get into elimination diets and food allergies and reactions and all that. Mm. And, uh, well, let's stay there and talk about that a little bit more because these days it seems like people are allergic to or reacting to or intolerant to all sorts of things, whether it's lectins, whether it's oxalates, salicylates, dairy, gluten, you name it. There's, there's people, nightshades, there's another one. So um, what do you see as being some of the fundamental reasons this cascade is occurring? And how do we sort of, how do we fix that? Because it seems like every second person's got it issues. Really begin, it really begins with, a, the, you know, my, my keys to in, more integrative medicine is it looks at people's whole lives. It's multidisciplinary. And most importantly, it asks a different question. When we don't feel well, a Western medicine conventional approach is, what can I take to make this go away? So mm. it's, suppressing things and not really correcting at the cause. A more integrative medicine approach is, why is this present in my life? What's the meaning? Uh, what's the healing? You now, and when we tap into that deeper space, you know, we have that potential to really get the message about, you know, how to heal conditions rather than just treat at them.
Mm, absolutely. And, you know, these, I was reading about your five kind of lifestyle keys. This is obviously something you would be taking your patients through. How, how did you arrive at those? And can you share a little bit more about what they are? Well, this is, you know, I mean, I've, I've said for a long time now, I, I do common sense medicine, you know, yeah. people really can figure out what they do. You know, I read an article back, it was in the Reader's Digest back 40 some years ago. They interviewed, you know, hundreds of people and 90 90 to 95% of people had a good idea what they needed to do to improve their health. That same similar, you know, 90% of people said, I'm not doing it because it's either too hard or I don't want to give up my favorite things and all that. Um, We don't have to give up our favorite things. You know, we have to basically just find out if they really are our favorite things or are they our favorite enemy, you know, Mm -hmm. because they, you know, if they undermine our health. And so taking people through that process of, looking at everything you're doing, looking at the habits we have. Um, so the five keys to staying healthier, again, common sense, I'll get back. Good nutrition, you know, eat wholesome food, avoid junk and chemicals. We'll get into the cause of disease, which really starts at the cell uh, when we get deficient in certain nutrient intake or we get toxins coming in. Okay, so nutrition, number one, uh, a good balanced exercise program, stretching, uh, weight training, cardio, uh, relaxation is all part of it. Uh, good sleep. Uh, I have a uh, on YouTube or on my website. I have a link to my healing sleep video, which really gets people into the ideas of what, you know what it takes to get better sleep. Oh, fantastic! Sleep. We'll pop it in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, cool. Uh, so good sleep. Learning to manage stress. Learning to deal with conflict, you know, learning to get along or not get along. One of my favorite parts of my Staying Healthy with New Medicine book is called In Stress and Relationships. It's called The Art and Practice of Peacefully Not Getting Along. So how do you, how do you disagree with a loved one without hurting each other, without saying things out of anger or blame and, you know, you know creating more of an adversarial relationship rather than yeah, I'm really hearing you. I understand that we're, you know, we have a difference of opinion here. Whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's not blame. It's really about listening and responding instead of reacting. Mm. So that's a big thing that I work with people, both patients and my staff. Is just like a reaction is a defense. A response is I've really received it into my body, and here's what I feel about it. You know, so then the fifth key is probably the most important is attitude. What goes on in here and here in your, you know, in your heart and mind? And what do we tell ourselves about life? What do we tell ourselves about our illness? What do we tell ourselves about our own self-image? Um, and I really work a lot with people at correcting what's going on here, that self-talk, that I, the ideas that uh, we can make a difference. I mean, my career started by studying mind-body-guided imagery. I would talk to people in a, in a hypnotic state. I learned how to do body work and do sound and acupuncture, get them into a really calm, relaxed state. And then I would just talk to their subconscious self, either through an image of a, say, a wise person, a sage, a, a ball of light, a, a, a squirrel, whatever it was. And we'd have conversations about you know, what I mentioned before. What's going on? Body, what's, what's the message here? What's the healing? And to me, uh, so I, we basically did a study back in, in the early, early mid-70s on uh, looking at using imagery, seeing yourself three times a day for 15 minutes, seeing whatever's going on with you in its healed state. And it might even be 
being able to do something that a problem like an injury or uh, an illness is interfering with you doing. And I still think that that's one of the deeper places for healing is where we just start seeing things and believing them, you know, and that's, you know, going back, you know, 45 years ago and, I couldn't agree more. I do Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and I've been on one of his advanced retreats and rehearsing the future you want to draw yourself to is one of the most powerful tools in our healing box. I completely agree. It's changed my life as someone recovering from your dreams and go back to your deeper self and explore body. What do you, what do you need? And to me, Mm -hmm. that's where healing happened at the end of my first book, staying healthy with the seasons. I said, you know, the essence of healing is change, embracing the messages that our body gives and flowing. You know, there's this very Taoist approach, you know, that I've taken in my career and in my personal life that it's like pay attention to the energy of life and of nature. And, you know, that's what Hippocrates said. That's how I started my book. Whoever wants to investigate medicine should proceed by looking at the seasons of the year and the effects they have on us. Mm. And, you know, that's elements and that's, you know, all the different factors. Mm. Attitude, exercise, nutrition, sleep, managing stress. Those are our lifestyle habits that contribute to the body and the state of health that we have. And I just took a massive deep breath to just chill right out. <laughs> it feels so good yeah, every time. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is fantastic. And so I remember reading about how um, profound a juice cleanse was for you, like way back in the mid seventies. I was born in 75, so I love the mid-70s. Personally. That was my first cleanse. Ah, well, there you go. Uh, tell me what happened for you then. What drew you to doing that and uh, how you then brought that as... Well, it was a very... It was basically what, kind of what I mentioned. It was listening to the messages around me and embracing them. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine said, I did this cleanse last year, and this man who wrote about it, Stanley Burroughs, who wrote a little booklet called The Master Cleanse, The Lemonade, Spicy Lemonade Diet, He's doing a talk. So I said, okay, well, I go. And I was, you know, I suffered from allergies for, you know, most of my life. I was overweight. Um, you know, I didn't have the vitality I wanted. I woke up every day sneezing and congested. So I went to hear this guy talk, total rebel, total anti, you know, establishment kind of person. He said, this is what you do. You follow this thing. You drink Master Cleanse, you know, eight to 10 glasses a day. And, you know, so I said, okay. Well, you know, what do I have to lose? So I, I did it. My friends thought I was crazy, you know. I said, but that's I a good know. mindset, right? Because half the time people go, oh, my God, that's going to be so right. hard. And, well, that's, and, that's, and, yeah. and that's what happens. And that's what I, one of the things I teach in my groups is that, no, it's not as hard. People tell me at, afterwards, that was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. And the hardest part is just getting started and saying, I'm going to do it. Hmm. So that's what, I, that's what I coach people in. Um, so anyway, I, I did it. The first couple of days were a challenge, but third day I woke up clear headed, slept like two hours. I slept like five hours, woke up totally refreshed, energized. And over the next week I started to feel higher and clearer and vital and uh, just seeing things in nature. I wasn't seeing it was like, and I, and I, you know, I learned as I studied about it more, I saw that, you know, people, either in preparation for battle or on vision quest, they would, you know, they would do this kind of cleansing. Uh, so I started reading about, you know, the history of it and, you know, writing about it. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, and I, you know, I dropped 20 pounds in the 10 days. 
Wow. Uh, clear energy. And I, you know, I said to myself, Elson, this is how you want to feel. This is what, you know, what it takes. It matters what I put into my body. It matters. You know, everything I, I take in becomes part of me. So I changed it. I started eating from nature. I started uh, looking at, I gave up the kind of four legged animals at that time. So have, don't eat you know, red meats or four legged animals, you know, since that time. Why four-legged animals specifically? Well, I just felt like uh, way back then that it was uh, an environmental issue. It was a body issue. Mm. Uh, It was um, just uh, something. You know, I actually was a vegetarian for a while, and then I I have a whole story about, you know, dreaming and starting to eat salmon. I got my salmon shirt on, see? (laughs) Uh, I like salmon too. Um, So anyway, so I started teaching. I said, okay. I wrote about for my, my little town paper. I, w- I was practicing on the Northern California coast, you know, in this quaint little town. And I said, you know, I had such a power of experience that I'm going to offer a free group. And I had 30 people come. We were like in this beautiful kind of big room overlooking the you know, San Francisco, you know, Bay, Bay and ocean. And those people, we all did a 10 day cleanse. Those people had phenomenal experiences. Wow. I write about that in the spring section of my Staying Healthy with the Seasons book. I, um, they affected several hundred more people because people were walking around looking like light beings and their friends and, they, and trimmer and, you know, and they're having vitality. And their friends would say, what are you doing? And they explained it. Oh, I want to I do that, you know. So over the course of the next couple of months, I would walk around town. It was a small town. I was one of the town doctors. And people would look at me and I could just see from the light coming off their, their forehead that they were on a cleanse. And they said, oh, yeah. And they look at me and beam and say, yeah, I heard you started this around here, you know. So I have done groups like that ever since then. So 45 years, I do wow. groups. Like and what, what happens in each of the days? Is it, is it vegetable juices? Is it? Well, at that time, I did master cleanse, which is lemon juice, two tablespoons of lemon juice one tablespoon of maple syrup. The original formula was two tablespoons and I felt it was too much sugar. One-tenth of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper mm-hmm. and eight ounces of water. So it's basically a spicy, tasty lemonade. Everybody adjusted the, the amounts a little bit for their flavors. But you just do that, you know, a couple glasses at a time. Um, and, uh, you, and then you rinse your mouth with water so that the lemon and Doesn't you know, hurt sugar your teeth. don't get yep. on your teeth and eat your enamel up. You don't carry it around in plastic because it'll cause the outgassing of the plastic. You carry it in glass. Uh, I make a concentrate up, but I drink like two glasses every couple hours and you, you know, it's almost like a meal and then your body kind of adapts to it. But I will tell you when you do that, you pee like you've never peed before. <laughs> you got to work on keeping your bowels going. So you need to, you know, you do enemas or colonics or, you know, saltwater flushes in the master cleanse. I write about that. Can you that. take something like mag oxide or... You could you, well magnesium citrate is a better yeah, kind of okay. laxative, but um, yeah, you could you, you whatever it takes. Some people can just do cleansing and their bowels will work fine. I, I can't. Most mm. people don't, so they, they they don't have good bowel movements. And you want to flush out. So at the initial time I did it, I was doing colon hydrotherapy and getting my bowels cleaned out, which was a phenomenal experience too. Of just lightness and the connection I had. You know, when I first started doing this, I was, you know, eating a more heavier diet, you know, and I had pain in my back. And the first time I had a colonic, when the water was in certain areas of my colon, I could feel that referred pain in my back. 
Mm. And so it started to kind of clean out my intestines, no more back pain, you know, so many things got better. Now I have in my detox diet book, I have a page of medical symptoms and diseases, issues that people have that can, you know, that detox and cleansing can provide some benefit for any kind of itis and arthritis or, you know, allergies, um, digestive issues, skin rashes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all these things that people go to doctors for and say and get, get named, oh, you have this or that, and they get on medicines and they just leave them on those medicines. You know, there's, you know, and part of an integrative approach to healthcare is we're able to take these beginning diseases, early diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and cardiovascular, issues and start to reverse them just from healthier living and, and a better lifestyle. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned allergies and how this cleanse really worked for you. And that's why you then began doing it. Is springtime the time of the year that you recommend doing something like this or do you do it seasonally? Like every yeah, season? I do, well, I do seasonal detox. That's on my website and I, you know, coach people in it. I also have on my elsenhaasmd.com website, I have the five keys to staying healthy class. Yeah, it's a really useful yeah. um, resource. Class. It gets people to really assess their, their own health and lifestyle. And then I have uh, also a, a guided spring, summer, warm weather juice cleanse. Mm-hmm. That's a two-week program. And it may be ju- all juices. It may just be eliminating you know, wheat and dairy and sugar and doing an elimination diet. You know, and then helping people come back into a healthier message. Uh, my, my, you know, when I've been speaking around the country, um, you know, and world, uh, about detox, particularly, I realized that most people in, in, in at least the U S culture and maybe in Australia too, uh, are, are using substances, caffeine, alcohol, sugar, cannabis, over the counter meds, prescription meds to manage mood and energy. Mm, like uppers and downers, you mean? Yes, yeah. yeah. Stimulants, and, it's called the stimulation sedation syndrome. Mm. That's a name that I made up to describe what I see is that people are trying to control their energy with, you know, a lot of people, caffeine. I had a couple of new patients today. We have three cups of coffee I do in the morning, a couple of glasses of wine at night. You know, then you don't always sleep well and you need a little more coffee. And, you know, it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. So to me, uh, so I created this program that's a, a, a week walkthrough with videos for me, um, coaching people and getting them committed to, you know, their, their program. Um, and it's called Regain Your Natural Energy. And it's basically an elimination type diet that helps people kind of come back to using nutrition and, you know, and specific nutrients and exercise to get your energy back, you know, mm-hmm. so you're not counting on those external uh, uh, substances to do that. And so to me, I think that's really uh, often a first level of improving health for people is to look at their habits, look at their uh, overusing things, uh, abuses and addictions with many people. But when I was speaking, and I, it's so when I do that, when I ask an audience, who is not doing regular intake of, you know, I, what I call the snacks, S-N-A-C-C, yeah, sugar. let's talk about those. That's a good one. Yeah, these are the common ones that people do. So as for sugar, nicotine, alcohol, caffeine, chemicals. This might be cosmetics. It might be hair coloring. It might be you know, food coloring, you know, everything. 
So most people are habituated. 90% of people are, are using substances, at least one, probably 50% are using two or more. And so I've been seeing that. I would ask an audience that's there for a health talk and, and relatively healthy living people. And so even 90% of those people are not, are, are using substances to control their mood and energy. That's the basic message. Can you take a break from that and get some better health and, and get your energy back without counting on external, you know, substances to, uh, you know, strengthen yourself or to get through the day, you know, mm -hmm. and that's to me a really important thing for people to look at. And, uh, you know, one of the, to me, primary health issues. So if we were to do, you just take a million people across any country and say, okay, we're going to take a break from caffeine, alcohol, sugar. Uh, maybe you'll get off wheat and dairy and common food reactions. Let's see how you feel. Now, I know I already see that 50% or more of people's symptoms and complaints will get better, if not go away completely. Their blood pressure will get better. Their cholesterol will go down. Their, you know, all the things that doctors are treating will improve. Mm. And does this mean, um, like, with things getting better when you eliminate, does this mean you become more able to uh, introduce a wider variety of foods back into your diet once you've well, you basically, taken those stresses away? It's a, personal, it's a very individualized testing, Alex. Mm. It's, it's really, uh, I'm going to take a break from these things and then slowly I'm going to bring them back in and see how do I feel. Yeah. You know, people every day I, I talk to people. Yeah, I did that when I brought dairy back in. I immediately got stuffy and my eyes swelled up and, you know, and I, my digestion was off. When I brought wheat back in, this happened. When I brought soy back in or corn or eggs or peanuts or garlic or almond, whatever it might be. I mean, mm -hmm. it's very individualized. And that's why, you know, allergy skin testing is a way to kind of isolate that or blood testing, as I write about in my book, The False Fat Diet, which is about food reactions and weight and all the different ways that we can react to food. Mm. Very, very small percentages of the reactions that people experience are true allergy, which is an IgE immediate kind of response, histamine, runny nose, it's, you know, congestion. Many things are IgG or delayed immune reactions that happen over a few days. So when mm. we do skin testing at my office, um, you know, we're looking at immediate response and then we also look at their arm, you know, four days later to see, you know, is there secondary you know, responses? Cause that may be a suggested delayed reaction. Right. And so are there just some of us and we have to accept it that we're just not going to be eating those sorts of foods for the rest of our lives? Right. I, I, most of the time you can come back and have some of them. You just, you know, the whole idea and what I write about in, in the detox diet is it's about healthy relationships, you know, mm -hmm. healthy relationships personally and to our food, to our exercise, to our, to our home, uh, you know, really finding what, what works for us. So it's the individualized program. I, when I talk to, you know, doctors and practitioners, I say, you know, you have to know that everything we do in medicine and healthcare is experimental, experiential. Mm -hmm. You have, people have to try it, whether it's a new drug you're taking or a different diet or a supplement, you have to see how does this feel in my body? And that's why I want people really, one of the, you know, courses I teach is called how to be your own best doctor, which mm. is how to tune in and listen to your body and pay attention to what works and doesn't work. And going through the elimination diet, which I have on my website, I have an article called purification process, which incorporates the detox from substances as well as food elimination. Um, 
and then you just see how you feel and then slowly you bring things back and you know the majority of people feel better and they learn okay this works for me this doesn't work for me and yeah. you can also there's testing you people can do too where you can get that information but it's not as accurate as the personal experience absolutely n equals one always the most powerful practitioner situation i think and often um, we are looking for all the answers out there. It's almost like culturally we've been uh, conditioned to feel like we're never going to be able to find the answers ourselves. It's out there. It's around the corner of the next protocol, the next doctor I'm going to see, the next. But we're mm-hmm. listening to ourselves is one of the most powerful keys to healing, right? Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's the difference in my practice and many practices. A lot of people go to the doctor, oh, what's wrong with me? Tell me what to do. And it's mm-hmm. usually, here's a prescription for this, okay? Mine is, you're the doctor. I'm here to support you. I want you to learn what works in your in your body, kind of what we just talked about. And uh, it's it's really you know I'm here to be a partner for you and you know let you decide partly what to do. And some people you know they're sick. Uh, you know they said I want antibiotics. I got to fly on a plane in two days. You know I got to get better. Some people say no, I don't want any drugs at all. Let's do it naturally. So I have you know most doctors don't have that you know capability because they haven't studied it and watched it and they don't trust it. They trust medicines, and I don't know what it's like in Australia. Is Western medicine still dominant over everything else? Oh, it's huge. And we've actually just had a really big loss for the natural medicine industry in that uh, private insurers have stopped uh, giving rebates for naturopathic medicine uh, yeah. as a way to stamp that industry out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really disappointing. But the, the public uproar, many of us signed petitions and organised together with, um, against the government for it. We now have it, this decision under review again. Good. So this is great. At least it's not a, a, a big definite no for the future. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm. Um, okay, so I want to come back to uppers and downers briefly because there's a lot of knowledge around, you know, the healthiest aging populations in the world, the the work that Dan Buettner's done with the Blue Zones, etc. And it seems like the healthiest populations in the world regularly consume coffee and drink wine. So we would think these are uppers and downers, so to speak, um, or uh, stimulation sedation syndrome. Um, But they're so healthy. So do you think in those cases, you know, the Mediterranean islands, et cetera, that it's more about the other factors of those people's lives? Well, I think it's, it's partly true. Yes. I mean, every, everything is a poison. Everything is a, is a benefit, you know, mm. so coffee has antioxidants. Alcohol has, has certain benefits. It depends how people are using them. And I think the, the potential is that when we start to depend on them and we don't have the energy and vitality without them, we, you know, we, you know, there's more negative consequences than positive. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's more about the people who aren't experiencing vitality and need those to prop them up in some way. Yeah. Yeah. They've under, their health is undermined from all these other habits and they're using caffeine as a whip, mm-hmm. you know, and it simulates metabolic activity in the liver and, and all that. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that many of those people that live to 100 are, you know, doing coffee and alcohol daily, mm-hmm. but some are. You know, and I know usually I think you can be used wisely if you if you enjoy a cup of coffee and it doesn't overstimulate you or it doesn't raise your blood pressure too much or doesn't, you know, hurt your stomach and cause burning. Um, 
you know, or, you know, alcohol similarly, you know, I know when, you know, a lot of people, cause I've worked with people who give up things, you know, and then they try and come back to them. I know I don't drink much alcohol at all. If I, when I do, and partly it may be that it's with a bigger meal, you know, out or something. But when I drink a glass of wine, you know, I know I don't sleep quite as well and I wake up, you know, a little more congested and hungover, mm. even, even with one glass. So, you know, that's me. Now, everybody has to pay attention to that for themselves. But um, I think you, anything you do daily, my message is every so often, maybe it's a month, a year or a week, every couple months take a break and just kind of make sure your relationship is healthy. I so agree with that. I remember when I had a newborn and, you know, you're in that 12-week tunnel of getting to know this little being and the, the realisation of responsibility hits you like a ton of brick in that time. It's like, this baby's not going away and I have to do everything. Oh, I had 20 years for this baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and my baby's now nearly 10, beautiful boy that he is. Uh, but, you know, those first 12 weeks, I remember the, the cultural messaging of, oh, you deserve a wine. You know, you've put him down for the night. Like, go relax and have a wine. And I remember very specifically having a bit of a wake-up call around uh, because we didn't have much cash at the time. We were buying this cheap and cheerful crap. Like it was horrible wine that I would never have drunk. I'm half French. It's always about drink something amazing very rarely rather than, you know, mm. quantity, quantity messaging. Um, and and I went on a three-month three uh, uh, detox from all wine, all coffee, because I knew I was starting to rely on those things to um, either psychologically or physically get me through the day or into the evening. And uh, yeah. that's, I, I really like that you've, you've honed in on the relationship piece because I think that's really important. And if we're truthful with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. comes from being a, a, you know, a family doctor who's practices non-judgmental, you know, I can point out to somebody, if you keep doing these habits, you know, you may end up with these kinds of issues without trying to blame them. You know, and if you try, you know, and just look at it, you know, maybe you should take a break from that and see how you feel, you know, mm. and, and, and go from there. So it's not about, you know, making things right or wrong. It's just a matter of, you know, paying attention. Yeah. And that's when, when I became a doctor in 73, it was like, I want people to wake up and be aware of what they do and how it affects them. I remember making that statement to myself, you know, and I was kind of a counterculture rebel doc already. And that's when in the next six, six, seven years, I say I often did my residency in, you know, healing and metaphysical medicine. I studied, you know, Chinese medicine and energy systems and chakras and, you know, and nutrition and herbs and, you know, and mind body, as I, I mentioned. And that's, I said, this is all really valuable. I should, you know, my folks were wondering, what the heck are you doing? I'll say that we... <laughs> we helped you get through medical school. They and thought you, they had a perfect I'm, boy. I'm working in the country and trading people for chicken eggs and, and, <laughs> and pottery, you know, and I said, I'm, I'm really looking at making a new type of healthcare. All these things I'm studying, they said, well, you know, I said, so I, when I wrote my first book, I said, I want to explain to my parents what I'm doing. I'm going to bring all these other systems into the healthcare system, you know, of today and, you know, that book is still in print, what is it, 38 years later? Mm. Uh, you know, it's in the you know, 20 or 30th edition. Um, it's many people's, you know, first book that they looked at that kind of opened their mind to 
you know, tuning into nature, you know, being present in your life, uh, and really connect, you know, connecting with yourself. I, you know, I get, it's such an eclectic uh, message. When I finished writing that book in 1980, I said, you know, I never have to touch this. This is an eternal message. Mm. You know, I did do an updated version, you know, ten years ago because I just wanted to, you know, fluff it up a little bit and get rid of some stuff that was dated. But you know, it's mainly the same message, the same book. That's the thing, and I think humans love to try and invent new problems that we need new solutions for. But when it comes to health, we've got all the answers already, and that almost kind of contradicts our yearning for progress and new things all the time as in the human experience. I think that's, it's like an eternal struggle. Um, um, so back to detox, something that is becoming quite trendy these days uh, (laughs) is, uh, is the, the fact that there are so many different ways to do this. I mean, you know, fasting, fasting, mimicking intermittent fasting for one, where you just reduce the amount of hours that you're eating during the day. Do you Mm -hmm. feel that this is a powerful thing for people to do? Have you used it in your practice or do you prefer for people to eat normally and then actually do a pronounced cleanse? Uh, you know, to me, to me, it's whatever works. You know, I don't have okay. a set thing. Even when I do my detox programs online, I give people options. I think I want you to tune in. What I want you to do is listen to your body and make a commitment. And I want you to write it out. I'm going to give up caffeine, alcohol, and sugar and wheat for two weeks. I'm going to do this. So to me, that's most important. I'm seeing a lot of people who are doing, they're eating from noon to 8 p.m., um, you know, and then, you know, when I started you know, coaching thousands of people doing cleansing, you know, a lot of people said, I'm going to fast on Mondays. You know, I'm going to do, when I first did my cleanse, I saw how powerful it was. I did a three day new moon cleanse for eight, like 18 months. Wow. I, so on the new moon for three yeah, days, the day before the day of, and the day after, mm-hmm. because what I saw is new moon is a time for connecting within and I, I felt I was blocking myself with intake. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do that cleansing, I started to sit on my energy and it started to come up. It started to be, and that's when I started to write. That's when I, my creativity really expanded. Mm. And I, I saw that I was more emotionally vulnerable at that time. So I would, did a lot of healing work, you know, had body work. Uh, and, but to me, that was an important thing for me to tune into. And now, you know, I still am somebody that's a, I, I call myself a psychologist. I study cycles, you know, so the moon cycle is one, you know, I mean, our heartbeat is one cycle. Our breath is another cycle. Um, the day, the 24 hour day, um, and you know, the seasons in particular, but, and we also have our life cycles, our teens and our thirties and our sixties and every, everything has symbolism. Everything, there's patterns of behavior that happen. You know, mm-hmm. I just saw this gentleman today. He work, he works a hard job. He's 59, second major doyo or life change as Chinese medicine talks about in astrology. It's called the Saturn return where it crosses over where your Saturn was born the second time every 28 and a half years or so. And it calls on you. It causes some deeper stuff to come up. And sometimes it creates conflict and pain in the body. And you have to, you know, ideally listen to that. Because, you know, in our first 30-year cycle, basically, it's identity. It's who are we? What do we like? What, do we, what don't we like? Second is our service. What do we, what's our work? What do we give to the world? And how does that support us? It gives us shelter and food. And the third is, you know, in the, you know, the, the third cycle, it's, you know, Chinese call, 
our destiny or spiritual years. You know, we want to do things that fulfill us. So when we start to come around to 60, if we haven't been working like many people I see, if we haven't created a nest egg in a sense so that we can do what we want or give back to the world, you know, in, in Native American healing, it's just like, you know, as we get to be elders, it's a time when we have the greatest gifts to give to our people. Mm-hmm. So that's wisdom. You know, when you have that wisdom, you have more information to pass on. And, you know, I'm, I'll be 72 in a couple, in a couple uh, months and, or in one month. And, uh, you know, I feel good. And I think, you know, my cleansing has helped me stay healthier. I don't take any medicines. I exercise, you know, eight to 10 hours a week. Uh, I live kind of in nature. Uh, I get out and get out in the garden, you know, I'd be outside a lot and I work a lot and people constantly are, are asking, you see, I, mean, I can't, I'm looking in here and I'm seeing that I look pretty tan right now, you know? Yeah. Been, and your skin looks like, impeccable by the oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, <laughs> come and say, what do you do to your skin? I said, I had a, I had a good mama, but I think <laughs> that, you know, you know, I never smoke cigarettes. Uh, I don't do caffeine, alcohol, hardly, you know, I don't do caffeine at all. And, you know, but I have really good energy and, you know, uh, you know, I have to work on my sleep. I have to work on eating too much later in the day. You know, we all have our issues to, to address, you know, but I think, um, uh, uh, I think the cleansing and the healthy diet and lots of veggies and hydration and being outside and it's kind of like the blue zone kind of lifestyle. And mm. to me, I think that has kept me healthy and kept me looking youthful. Yeah. Um, I think people should get a little sun. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty fair, you know, so you have to probably watch sun more in there and that hot Australia sunshine. Mm, yeah, we, we have a particularly b- brutal sunshine. I really notice the difference when I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. I can walk down the street for like three hours in a T-shirt and just not get burnt. In Australia, right. you would not even, no, right. not, not a chance. Right, yeah. well, I'll, I'll come there one of these days. I'll check it out. Yeah, you should. You should. Um, now, okay, so I wanted to ask also about successful change, right? This is obviously something you, you help people develop a deeper conversation with themselves you take them on these incredible cleanses often when people do drastic things that are out of their ordinary they're almost relieved to go back to their old ways it's like oh now i can do all that because i've been so good and done that cleanse how do we stop that for people well the strength of the message is you know when i've been doing you know cleansing all these years i said we're in a process you know a transformational medicine approach is Let's look at where we're at, point A. Where do you want to be? Well, you know, because I, I engage people in the sense, what are your goals, okay? If you go, you know, what does it take for you to get? Like say point B is I want to reduce my allergies, I want to lose 10 pounds, I want to have more energy, okay? Mm-hmm. What does it take for you to get there? If you can get there, then if you, you know, you know, my basic, one of my you know, top five healing philosophy messages is, how we look and feel is primarily a result of how we live, okay? So if you want to feel differently and have a change, it has to do with what do you, you know, what's going to be different for you. If you go back to your old way, you're going to have the same body and the same symptoms you had before. So people who try and lose weight know that, you know, you know too painfully. Um, and it, it's hard, but, you know, and my dad was, my dad was loved food and he said, you know, he'd, he'd pop his belly and say, see this, this cost me $1,000 or $10,000, whatever he said. <laughs> and, so, you know, and I, you know, I've lost 100 pounds. The problem is I've gained 150. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go back and forth. 
Uh, and, you know, so, you know, to me, that's where people have to, you know, make the change. And, you know, same as when you do an elimination diet and you maybe have a few symptoms get better and you feel better, your blood pressure goes down, you're able to lower your medicines, you know, with your doctor's help. Um, you know, then, you know, you've made some progress, but, you know, it, it helps when you, you know, it helps to do it in a group. It helps to have that support so that you feel like, well, I really have made a change. I have a lot of people who've given up things because they just know they're better without them. Mm. And, you know, when you realize that their benefit of health and vitality in exchange for, oh, I thought that was my favorite food, like, you know, sugar, if we go through the substances like sugar, it's probably the hardest one emotionally for people to d disconnect from because it's so tied in with upbringing and mother's mm -hmm. love and all that. Okay. But physically, you know, three days you, you people are, are kind of through it. On the other side, nicotine is the hardest because it's so physically addicting. Oh, I found that so hard. I, yeah. yeah. Caffeine is, uh, you know, it kind of builds up. People do one cup and they do two, you know, so it gets more. And that's usually a two or three day transition, energy wise, headache wise, et cetera. Alcohol, you know, is usually not too problematic unless you're really an alcoholic. You're over, you know, you're really dependent psycho-emotionally on it. Um, you know, and then all the, all the medicines that we take and all the substances, you know, all the over-the-counter and, you know, prescription medicines, you know, they're there. So, you know, to me, it's about really making that commitment to yourself. And it really is honoring that, you know, you need to have, you know, you know, there's an acronym called SMART, you know, it's like, you know, sustainable, you know, you need to be uh, measurable. You need to, if you say, um, here's my goal, I want to lose 10 pounds. Yeah, you know, I would say, I want to lose weight. That's not measurable. Mm. If you say, I want to lose 10 pounds in the next 60 days, that's measurable. Yeah. You know? And they need to be realistic and they need to have a time involved. And then, you know, so, you know, to me, that's the commitment I have people make. Mm. And what about when people are adrenally fatigued? Because there's a lot of us who have uh, adrenal issues these days or HPA axis issues. Right. Well, um, you know, again, if we're, if we're hiding that with, with stimulants, with caffeine mm. and sugar, for example, you know, we don't ever tune into that. But it's like, it's like taking a break. And then supporting yourself from natural medicine, there's, you know, a lot of herbs you can use, you know, rhodiola and others. You can use adrenal glandular for people who do that. Uh, you know, you know, New Zealand and Australia produce some of those. Yeah, we've got some great products, resources. You know, hmm. uh, and vitamin C and B-complex and, you know, really nutrition. If we come back to like a core message, I have in my Staying Healthy with New Medicine, which is available on Amazon, you know, I have a whole chapter on understanding causes. Mm. Okay. You know, some you, you talk to some doctors, oh yeah, infectious microbes are the cause of disease. You know, this is allergies cause, but those are all secondary. Uh, infections, inflammation, immune imbalances, those are often the result of uh, our lifestyle, our diet and stress and all those things. In the center of that cause chart is the cell. Okay. The way the cell gets out of balance, so healthy cells create healthy tissues and body. When you don't get all the nutrients in, the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, and the phytonutrients, which are in, you know, nature foods, you know, that support our bodies, you know, thousands of functions and, you know, all the different activities that we do. When we have all those nutrients in and when we limit the toxins, the chemicals and metals that get into our air, food, water that we put on our bodies. Um, 
when we limit those and get the nourishment in, the body starts to heal from inside out. And to me, that's really one of the simplest common sense messages for our body. And now everybody's got a little bit of different genetics. They have patterns of, you know, potential illness and genetics are part of, you know, the under underlying issues, but you know, lifestyle is so much more dominant than anything else. You know, mm-hmm. so we get our, if we get those five keys to staying healthy and we manage our, our, our activities, we have that potential to really kind of build and you know, keep our health together. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, I guess to finish up, it'd be nice to set everybody off with a little bit of a uh, an inspiring challenge for the next seven days. So there are five keys to staying healthy. Sure. Maybe we don't overload everybody with five, but what's your favorite thing to help people move the needle on? What could you suggest that people try and be curious about for the next seven days and focus on? Uh, to improve let's start, let's start from the top down. Mm-hmm. Okay? Pay attention to what your mind says to you. Mm-hmm. The, the judgment it makes about on you, the, the statement of well-being, okay? Make you know, sure if you start to feel yourself worried or saying, oh, you, you, know, you dummy, why'd you do that? You know, just start to really kind of embrace that positive self-talk, mm-hmm. call it, okay? Yeah. The next is pay attention to what goes in here. Mm-hmm. Also what you watch, you know, are you watching, you know, like here in California, you know, if you watch the news any night, it's trauma, drama, it's fires, it's murders, it's, you know, earthquakes, it's, you know, all those different things. And it's easy to just become kind of negative or we watch Trump politics or other craziness going on mm-hmm. in this country now. So it's easy. I mean, I have so many people that they're, they're, their biggest stress they have coming in you know when they when i see them in the office is politics going on you know what's what are we doing you know know, how you know how can we you know not support the world and the well-being of the earth and all that um so that's it so what we're viewing and then what we're putting in our body you know and and you know making a choice Uh, one of my my books is called more vegetables please which is about how to put how to put vegetables into all kinds of mainstream meals, even for kids, particularly written for families. Yeah. You know? and, it's a fantastic uh, resource. Yeah. And supporting your body, you know, with not everybody needs to take a lot of supplements, but there's certain ones, you know, have your practitioner check you, you know, vitamin D is really commonly low. And you know, so checking that and, you know, chewing well, slowing down when you're eating, you know, you know as I said, focusing on vegetables and wholesome food, you know, limit your processed foods, your packaged foods, your plastic, you know, wrapped things, you know, drinking out of plastic bottles all the time. I mean, you know, I could list a hundred things, but you know, they're all part of a health. <laughs> you health totally health. cheated and went way beyond one. <laughs> uh, Elson, thank you so much for today. I think it's, it's such a wonderful gift that we get to um, mm-hmm. bring your brain to this community. You've been doing this for people for such a long time and uh and there's there's a lot of uh extractable themes when you've practiced for that long that you just see over and over again which mm-hmm. helps you to to be uh, you know yeah. a real well, I still, you know in this you know latter part of my life i still want to reach and help people improve their health because it's so easy part of my goal and practice still as a family doctor is to make healthcare fun and educational mm. keep people out of hospitals out of surgery and out of pain, right, basically, 
Um, so that's what I do. And that's why I'm, you know, on my website, I have my free assessment of your five keys to staying healthy. I have a program that, uh, you know, people are guided, like regain your natural energy, the stimulation sedation syndrome. I have a guided cleanse that, you know, I coach people in and it's got all kinds of handouts and materials to do that. You know, and I'll be doing online detox. If you, if you sign up for my newsletter, I send out monthly newsletters with tips on health. And right now it's staying healthy in summer and, you know, then staying healthy in autumn and all these different things. We pay attention to nature and we learn from nature. And that's where, to me, that's, the, I just happened to get in at the beginning. If I was born in the 18, you know, 1840s instead of the 1940s, I would probably have a different message. But you know, the evolution of, you know, paying attention to nature and get, you know, this back to nature movement, which, you know, I kind of got it in at the beginning of in terms of healthcare. One of the articles I, I have on it, I'm updating, it almost could be a book called Politics, Medicine, and War. Mm. It's how we use an attack and conquer fighting approach to deal with, you know, politics is like that automatically. Uh, we do that in medicine. We fight disease. We kill germs. We do that. We do that environmentally. We do that in agriculture. Mm, we we go in guns blazing. Yeah. yeah. This whole thing is where we're fighting things rather than how do we harmonize with them? You know, how do we harmonize with our health? Mm. And to me, that's really uh, a crucial area. So it's like, how do we create, how do we take politics, medicine, and war and turn it into peace, love, and healing? You know, and, you know, to me, that, that's kind of the message I have. You know, it's like a 10-page article. Oh, I love it. Uh, have you got that written now or is it just being? Uh, I think it's in my, on my Elson Haas MD uh, website in the blogs. We go way back because I wrote it. But I just did an update on it and I haven't, I'm looking for a place to uh, get that published, basically. You know, yeah, so. I think it's a really important topic yeah. because what we're doing yes. is not working. Yeah, because it's really, to me, an important message, you know, and it's, it's how you approach your body. You know, the attitude, when I did my first cleanse, so I'll kind of finish up with this, you know, I shifted the attitude. This is the only body I have. I'm going to treat it with love. Mm. So when I started to say that in my psyche, I started to eat better and exercise and sleep better and learn, learn to manage everything. So uh, to me, that's often my first level with a patient is like, you know, love the body. You only have one body. Who's going to take care of it if you don't? Take, you know, do what you can to, to make it the healthiest body that you're able to. A beautiful closing statement. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your Thank time you. today. I can't wait to share this with everybody. And everyone will be able to find all your resources that we spoke about in today's show uh, on the show notes. So head to lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast, everybody, and you can click on Elson's interview and it's all there for you. Thank you once again. Have beautiful Thank you, Alex, and stay healthy, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. 
Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show. You're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Music.